0: Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Anthony Kent, and it's a real pleasure to welcome you to today's program. We have a wonderful program today. We're looking at how to prepare powerful biblical sermons. And our guest today, well, it's our own very Derek Morris. Derek, thanks so much for for joining us on this program.
1: Well, it's a joy. I've been co-host, but now I get to be the guest, and something I'm passionate about, Anthony, powerful biblical sermons.
0: Exactly. And just so that our viewers know, Derek, you're also editor of a journal, Ministry Magazine, and uh, it's a wonderful journal, and we're so pleased that you're part of Ministry in Motion as well.
1: Thanks so much, Anthony. And actually, the journal Ministry, one of its uh, stated purposes is to provide practical instruction in pastoral ministry. And one of the important aspects of pastoral ministry is preaching.
0: Exactly. Now, Derek, you've also done a lot of writing as well as editing, and we're delighted to have your latest book here, Powerful Biblical Preaching. And we'd like to make an offer to our, our viewers today, for the first 25 viewers, wherever you are on the planet, we will mail you a complimentary copy of Powerful Biblical Preaching. So to access this free offer to you, visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv, and tell us that you'd like one copy of Derek's book, Powerful Biblical Preaching. So our website address, ministryinmotion.tv, and the first 25 viewers, well, we've got something special for you.
1: I guess they'll need to leave a a mailing address, right? Exactly. Not just their name.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mailing address, and uh, we'll look after the rest for you.
1: You know, we're going to be looking, <clears throat> you talk about powerful biblical sermons and how to prepare them, and that's actually chapter two in this book. So there's a lot of information in the book, in- including uh, how to care for your voice and uh, how to plan a sermon series. So a lot of practical instruction, but really the 12 steps that, that you asked us to share about today, chapter two, is really the, the basic building blocks. For preparing a powerful biblical sermon.
0: Okay, so Derek, where do you start? You you need to you need to preach this weekend. Where do you start? How do you actually start the whole preparation?
1: Well, I learned the hard way, Anthony, because I used to start by kind of scurrying around looking for something to say, and I found myself wasting a lot of time. Uh, I've decided, and I'm completely convinced now that. The first step in preparing powerful biblical sermons is to choose your preaching passage. In fact, in one of the chapters in the book, I talk about how to plan that over a whole year. But if the very first hour that I'm devoting to my sermon preparation, I have selected my preaching passage, then I'm not wasting time. I'm immediately focused on the task at hand.
0: Let me ask you a question about that. Because if, if you've prepared for a, a year that the topics and the, the biblical passages that you're going to be preaching about and you've, you've done that sometime beforehand, how do you maintain the enthusiasm, the excitement for a passage that, that may not have spontaneously emerged out of your devotional time in the last Wait. couple of weeks?
1: One of my mentors, John Stott, who wrote a powerful book called Between Two Worlds, Mm -hmm. he he speaks about several factors that influence the choosing of a passage. One of them is a personal factor. That's what you talked about. You read a passage, it touches your heart, and you say, I just want to preach on that passage. That's a good reason for choosing a passage. Mm -hmm. But there are other factors, too. There's a pastoral factor. I know this program is for pastors and lay leaders, but, but looking at your... Church family and saying there's a need here. It may not be something that I've been reading and I'm passionate about, but there's a need. Perhaps uh, there's been a tragedy in the congregation, and I want to speak about how to uh, find hope in the midst of of loss. So that may cause a factor for choosing a passage of scripture. Uh, Stott also speaks about uh, a societal need. Uh, I think in the United States what happened on 9/11 in 2001 which changed our history uh, or a tsunami in in in, in, in um, Asia that that changes history so there are, that's a societal factor, and then there's the what we call the liturgical factor. That's the time of year. You don't want to stand up uh, Christmas season. We may not celebrate a holy day, but it's a time when we remember. You don't just want to be talking about uh, taking care of your body or something, mm-hmm. which may be a valuable topic. But so there, there are these four factors that John Stott talks about for choosing a passage. I believe that the excitement that you talks about comes in the second step. But the first step is is knowing where you're beginning. You've got the parameters of your preaching passage, you're ready to move on rather than wasting time scurrying around looking for something to say.
0: And quite possibly at the last minute as well.
1: It can happen because you, you don't get inspired when really you need a working methodology. That's what we're talking about here in the book, having these steps and working them, and and the excitement will come and the inspiration will come. Exactly. So first
0: step, select the passage. What's the second step, Derek?
1: The second step, you'd say, is, do I start writing my sermon now? And the answer is no, that's not for a long while in this 12-step process. What I want to do now is, because I know where I'm focusing, step two is to study the passage and gather my study notes. Typically, if I'm spending 15 to 18 hours preparing a sermon, someone might say, well, I can't spend that much time. But if you do, God will honor you and you'll speak to a much larger community because you've got something to say. Mm -hmm. I want to spend at least a third of that time just studying the scripture passage.
0: Investing in the text Absolutely. And, and, and drawing.
1: And even if I don't have the ability to read in its original language, I can use lexicons, I can use a Bible dictionary, I can use my concordance, I can use some tools. I don't want to just go to an instant sermon Add water. Mm-hmm. I want to really study the text and say, who's speaking here? What's the purpose of the author here? What does this mean for the life of my community? So I'm really spending time with the text and I'm taking notes. Right.
0: And you, when you take notes, do you, how do you personally do it? Do you record it electronically?
1: Do well, you... that's interesting because I write all, uh, when we get later to birthing the manuscript, I do all of that uh, with, it, with my computer. But actually, I'm still using a piece of paper because I'm just reading and, and writing things down I realize Anthony that, that I'm not going to use all of those notes that would be a mistake Okay. I'm just writing them down and I'm I'm, I'm like a detective or a uh, an ad, person on an adventure uh, looking for treasure and I'm, uh, it's a wonderful experience and can be a very enriching spiritual time especially if I haven't left it till the last minute so I've got a working methodology And I'm not trying to prepare this the night before. I can really be blessed because the Word of God, as my uh, mentor Haddon Robinson would say, first needs to be applied to the life of the preacher Mm. and then through him or her to the congregation. So during that time of the second step, studying the passage, the Word of God by the Spirit of God is really being applied to my life, to blessing my life.
0: That's so helpful, Derek. So that's two steps. Select the passage and then study it. There's more that we want to hear from you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is powerful biblical preaching and how to prepare a powerful biblical sermon. Derek Morris is leading us through it. There are 12 steps in this process, Derek. The first one is select your passage. That's right. The second one is study it. What's our third step?
1: Well, what I'm looking for now, Anthony, w- when I've determined the parameters of my preaching passage, I'm, I'm looking for the exegetical idea. That's the biblical idea. Uh, what is the text talking about? Mm-hmm. And what's it saying about what it's talking about? Now, that is such an important topic that I have an entire chapter in my book, Powerful Biblical Preaching, devoted to that. It's actually an interview with Haddon Robinson, who spent much of, of his professional career helping people to discover that big idea. His book, of course, Biblical Preaching, is, is a classic. And basically, he said, it's the answer to two questions. What's the text talking about? That's the subject. And what's it saying about it? That's the complement. If I put the subject and complement together, I have that exegetical idea, that biblical idea. I have to know what the author was saying under the guidance of the Holy Spirit if I'm going to be uh, respectful of the text. True to the text. Right. Because now I want to go to step four. And that is to craft the preaching idea. Well, if the preaching idea, that's that single powerful thought that I want people to remember from the sermon, if it's not connected to the idea of the text, well, then, then I'm just using the text as an excuse. I'm not a biblical preacher. But if I've discovered the idea of the text and then craft it in a contemporary, concise, memorable way, I've got a single powerful idea that I'm, I'm wanting people to remember. And you know, Derek, there
0: is a temptation to anyone that speaks to actually insert their own idea and offer eisegesis rather than Exactly. Exegesis.
1: Exactly. I read into the text and I use the text to accomplish what I want to say, which, uh, which is not what God's asking us to do. And ultimately, it will not have the impact because it's, it's not blessed by the Spirit of God. But if I am faithful to the biblical idea. That's the exegetical idea of the text. Mm -hmm. But I want to craft that now instead of saying, um, Moses told Joshua to be strong and of good courage. I'm going to say, God wants you to be strong and of good courage. You see how I've made it contemporary. God wants you to be strong and of good courage. And and that becomes the single idea. John Stott, again, a, a precious mentor for me personally. He said, I don't expect everybody to remember everything I've said, but I do want them to remember that single dominant thought. That's what he called it. The big
0: idea. Yep. I
1: want them to remember that. And you know, that's what people are longing for. If you're in a conversation and a person's just saying lots of words, you say, what are you trying to say? Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's your point? Yes. Our hearers, when we're preaching, are asking the same question. And so as that Step four is crafting that uh, preaching idea. As that emerges clearly, and it's got to be clear in my mind first, Mm -hmm. my hearers go, I got it. I heard that idea. And that's what I'm going to then apply to our lives. It's going to change the way we live in the coming week.
0: It sounds like you're leading us into the fifth
1: point, Derek. You know, the fifth step in preaching a powerful biblical sermon is one that we often skip, and that is to determine the purpose for preaching your sermon. You say, what do you mean I'm preaching because I was told to preach this weekend? No. What are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to explain something, to prove it, to apply it? That will affect a lot of things. For example, let's say I'm speaking about salvation for the first time to people who've never heard of salvation. Mm. Uh, At that point, I'm wanting to explain what it means. But let's say I'm speaking to a group of evangelists that are going out. They already know what it means. So I might be challenging them to go out and to share with people who've never heard. So my purpose is different. Mm -hmm. That will affect the way I craft my preaching idea. It will affect illustrations that I use. So I need to ask myself why I'm preaching the sermon. I, I look at that like a target. What am I trying to hit?
0: It sounds like the audience, the congregation, that's critical in in this whole process. And
1: that's why powerful communicators not only, I'm talking about biblical preachers here, not only exegete the text, but they also exegete the congregation. Mm. Uh, They they study the congregation. What are the needs of this group? Because I I have to know what my target is. Mm. I've got this idea, but how is it going to relate to this particular group?
0: Mm. Mm. So what's our next step, Derek? Where do we go after this?
1: Step six Many of us got no training with this, and so we, we kind of said, "Well, point one, point two, point three in a poem, you know, mm-hmm. uh, three three points in a poem." But the points may not have been related to each other. Step six is to select your sermon form. Okay. See, what do I mean by form? Well, here are some basic forms. A simple form would be: here's a question, here's the answer. Okay. That's a form. Right. Here's a problem. Mm-hmm. I may develop that problem for uh, the first part of the sermon, here's the solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying here's a problem, here's a few thoughts about stewardship and uh, some comments about summer camp and then, no, 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 no. that's that's buckshot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've got a form, I've got a problem, I've got the solution. Now, I'm not going to spend 80% of my time on the problem. How much time should I spend on the problem? Enough to make it clear. Because right. I'm moving to the solution. And when I'm using the word problem, my hearers know the next step solution. And in the solution, that's where you have the, the key point. From the text. Yes. Uh, another sermon form is, is an idea explained. And that, that oftentimes will happen in a text. For example, if we confess our sins, First John 1, yes. 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So the text sometimes gives us the results of what happens when we confess our sins. Narrative is another sermon form. I share many of them in the book that uh, we we need to think about different sermon forms. But then we've kind of got the structure, the main moves. We've got the main idea. We could actually preach the sermon now Mm -hmm. if we had to. But we want to go on to step 7 through 12. But we've got a main idea which came from the text. And we've got the main form of our sermon. We're well on our way to preaching a powerful biblical sermon.
0: And let me just ask you, in a typical scenario, Derek, how long has this taken you to prepare the sermon up to this stage?
1: I probably have spent about six hours or so, six or seven hours okay. to get to that point. So again, we can't do it on the way to church.
0: Yes. And and that's a, a combination of of Bible study and prayer right. and and just... Thinking it through and, and taking time yep, with that text. That's right. Yeah, that's very helpful. We'll be right back with more of Ministry mo- in Motion and powerful biblical preaching. How to prepare a powerful biblical sermon. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is powerful biblical preaching and how to prepare a powerful biblical sermon. Our guest, Derek Morris. Derek, how many are we up to? We've done at least I think half a dozen. I
1: think we've done six steps, haven't we? That's we've right. chosen the passage. We've studied the passage and gathered notes. We've discovered the main idea of the text. We call that the exegetical idea. We've then crafted that in, in our preaching idea. That's a contemporary, concise statement. We've discovered the purpose for the sermon, why are we preaching it, and then we've discovered our sermon form. Mm -hmm. We're well on our way. Now we can go to step seven, which is to gather supporting materials. Now back to when I was a young preacher, I'm trying to gather stories and little quotations. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even have the biblical passage. I certainly don't have the main preaching idea. But you see, if I followed these six steps, now I can discard that story or save it for some other sermon on another topic because it's not related to the main idea of my sermon.
0: And You know there's a real difference between an illustration actually working in a sermon
1: and and
0: adding light to a sermon. Sometimes they can even interrupt a sermon.
1: Distract and people walk away saying, wasn't that a funny story? But I have no idea what the pastor was talking about. Exactly. That is, You see when you've made these steps you know what to gather and what to let go of. Mm -hmm. So important. Then I come to step 8 which is the introduction. Now again, and I may be the only one, but I remember starting to write a sermon. I didn't even know where I was going with it. I'm just starting with an introduction, but I don't know what the main idea of my sermon is. Mm. That that doesn't make sense. But if I know the main idea and my sermon form, and now I know how I'm going to introduce it, capture attention, surface a felt need, introduce at least the subject of the sermon, if not the main idea.
0: So you introduce the key idea even in your introduction?
1: Only for a deductive methodology. For inductive, I'm at least going to give them the subject, what it's talking about. But, but at least people say, hey, I think, I think the preacher knows where we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a sense of intentionality. Then I go through the main moves of the sermon, that's my sermon form, Right. and then I'm ready to to look at step nine, which is developing the conclusion. Now again, if I've just been talking about random ideas and no single powerful idea, no clear sermon form, I struggle in the conclusion because I'm trying to find a way to land. Mm. But if I've followed these first steps, then the conclusion has simply got to accomplish a few things. Summarize the main moves, Mm -hmm. right? Mm And then I'm going to apply if I've not already done application. Right. And then I'm going to appeal. I, and I'm going to appeal in the light of the main idea of the sermon. Yes. If God wants you to be strong and of good courage, I'm going to challenge you this week. You may face a difficult experience in your life. But remember what we studied from God's word. Be strong and of good courage. God wants you to be strong and of good courage. So I've 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 got now to step ten. You say, I'm ready to write my manuscript because it's like the sermon's already there. So it's not like Oh, I've got to try to get to page two or page three. The sermon has come to life. It's taken shape. There's supporting materials. I know how to introduce it and conclude it. Step 10, I talk about birthing the manuscript. I'm not trying to write a perfect document, but I'm just trying to get down on my computer or on paper if I still use paper and pen, mm-hmm. the sermon manuscript. And that's because I need to go to step 11, which many miss, but at least at this point I've got the sermon manuscript uh, L- let a me hard just, copy.
0: Let me just interrupt you there. How full is your sermon manuscript?
1: I write a complete manuscript. Word for word? Absolutely. Okay. Because if I'm going to be careful about what I say, I need to be careful in my preparation. Now I preach without notes. You say, well, might not get it all done. It's okay, but I want to be careful. But now I have to go to step 11, and that is I, I need to do a sermon walkthrough. That's what I call internalizing the sermon because I don't want to read the paper. That's not why I wrote the manuscript. I want the sermon to get inside of me. I have a, a, a whole chapter on preaching without notes mm-hmm. in, in the book, Powerful Biblical Preaching. I know you're going to offer some copies in just a minute. But, but if, you, if the sermon is internalized, it comes out much more powerfully. So you, you memorize just, the sermon? I don't memorize it. And right. I internalize it. Okay. And the difference of that is spelled out in the chapter on preaching without notes. But then I come to step 12, and this is crucially important, and that is to listen while you preach. You say, well, who are you listening to? Well, I want to listen to God, right? Yeah. You say, but you wrote your great sermon. No, this is a process. I want to listen to God, but I also want to listen to God the congregation. So I'm not reading paper, I've internalized the sermon and now I'm listening to God and to the congregation and I've really got these moves to go through, but really just one powerful idea to communicate. Mm -hmm. And if that can can be communicated in a relevant way, it can be life changing. Wow. Okay.
0: So this really is a process, isn't it, Derek? It, It
1: really is. And you know, if someone says, well, I would change it a little, fine, but but have a working methodology. And for me, these 12 steps are really helpful. Mm. Chapter 2 of the book, I added this chapter to the revised and enlarged edition of Powerful Biblical Preaching because as I taught workshops, people said, could you write those 12 steps down? That could really help. It could also help pastors who want to teach elders and lay preachers how to preach a powerful biblical sermon.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Derek. Honored to be with you. Co-host, but leading us in this powerful program today. Thank you. And we'd like to thank you for joining us today on Ministry in Motion. Remember, not only is Ministry in Motion available on TV, but it's also available on our website, ministryinmotion.tv. There you can watch every program of Ministry in Motion that we have made, and they're available 24-7, any day of the week, any time of the day. Just visit us at our website. There you can send us feedback. And one of the other things that we'd like to offer you with today's program is for the first 25 people who contact us and request a copy of Derek Morris's book, Powerful Biblical Preaching, we'll be delighted to send you a, a complimentary coffee. That's just for the first 25 viewers. Also on ministryinmotion.tv, our website, there's many other resources, but we want you to know that we're thinking of you and praying for you and your ministry and join us next time on ministry in motion